Forge family, as the Apostle Paul was writing through the letter to the Ephesians from house arrest in Rome, he started a prayer in verse 1 of chapter 3 for the Gentiles who had come to Christ. Then from verses 2 to 13, he kind of took a side journey, a parenthesis to further explain the mystery of God that Gentiles really were destined to be in the church with believing Jews. Paul then elaborates on his call to be an apostle to the Gentiles, even though he had been the persecutor of the church early on. He's filled with praise and thanksgiving that the grace of God has worked itself out for him as well as in the lives of the Gentiles. He finishes his parenthesis with the request that his own suffering be seen as glory for the Gentiles. Let's pray. God, whose plans who are laid out since before, the time, before time began, thank you for reaching through the ages to include the Gentiles, and by that, making a third race of mankind. Paul was amazed. We're amazed. Come, Lord, the Spirit, make a forged church a dwelling place for Father God, a refuge for the lost, and a place of revival and awakening. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so today, we take up the prayer of Paul. He began at verse 1 of chapter 3, you know, before he stepped into that parenthesis. So we're going to begin again in verse 1. It says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, and we jump down to verse 14, he says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. So Paul starts over, goes back over the reality of Jew and Gentile being one body in Christ, and this body and is growing into a holy sanctuary for the dwelling place of God. On account of this, Paul drops to his knees in prayer. That's a real unusual thing for a Jew to do. Jews did not pray on their knees. They prayed standing up. They raised their hands. Now, there are a, a number of different prayer postures spread through the Old Testament. Um, you have Hezekiah, who's on his face, extending the, the letter from Rabshakeh. In, in, the, in the temple, uh, here it is, Lord, lays it out before the Lord. You have <clears throat> Solomon on his knees on a raised platform during the time of the uh, celebration of uh, uh, the opening, if you will, the dedication of the temple in Jerusalem. And you have Paul on his knees uh, as he bids farewell to the elders at the port of uh, Miletus. He called the elders down from uh, the city of Ephesus, the house churches in Ephesus, and he's in tears, but, and he's on his knees because he's leaving them to go to Jerusalem. <clears throat> so Paul knelt in tears and, and prayed um, specifically that, um, knowing that he was loved and called as an apostle, and that had already put him on his knees, and then he casts back uh, before creation to the time when the Trinity had planned out the creation of earth and all sentient life forms, both angels and humans. Every human line of descent proceeds from God and the naming of families as well. Uh, now there's a lot of, uh, actually there's a, a, unusual emotion 
in, the, in verses 14 to 22. Paul just jets out three major petitions in prayer for the Gentiles and the readers of this epistle, and for us as well. Paul begins to implore God, quote, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. So the new children and God's third race, the, the newborn ones, they've just, just come to Christ. Okay? They need to be strengthened to receive God's blessings that he's laid out for them. The immensity of those blessings makes us see our inadequacy. <clears throat> Stuart Briscoe has a one, kind of a one-liner uh, concerning a, a young boy who fell into a barrel of molasses and smacking his lips. The young man said, Lord, make, me, make my capacity equal to this opportunity. <laughs> God does not just give from his riches. He pours out according to his riches. It's a, a uh, pastor scholar 100 years ago named H.C.G. Moole <clears throat> in London, he declared that God says, um, God, excuse me, that God gives on the scale and style of the wealth of his glory. The second part of this strengthening is done by Holy Spirit, who choreographs, who, who imparts the insertion of the indwelling power of God into our hearts. Dr. Max Reich once said, quote, if you make room for the Holy Spirit, he will make room for the Lord Jesus. That is, if the brother or the sister lives in a conscious dependence upon and yieldedness to Holy Spirit, the Spirit will make room for the Lord Jesus in the heart and life of that brother by eliminating from his life things that are sinful and sad, you know, things that just have no place in the kingdom of God. And, uh, and thus enable that believer to make the Lord Jesus feel like completely at home in his life. Now, this is exactly the sense of Robert Munger's booklet called My Heart, Christ's Home. If you haven't got a copy of it, get it. In that booklet, Munger describes Jesus invite, being invited into your home, which is a picture of your life. <clears throat> and, and Jesus goes with you from room to room, closet to closet, hidden place to hidden place, until uh, you have had the experience of him cleansing it all and making himself at home within you. Now remember 2 Corinthians chapter 4 had this, this quote. It says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Now that treasure is the outpoured riches of the glory of God. The whole revealed set of perfections of God himself. That is a strengthener, and that's within us. As Paul introduced the second part of the prayer, he explains the purpose of the strengthening by the Spirit. And that's in the first half of verse 17. Quote, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. We, indeed, need to be strengthened in faith as Christ comes to dwell within us. So that our, quote, earthen vessels, unquote, vibrate with divine power that fills us up. We make a willful choice to invite him in by faith. And the second petition is found in the last part of verse 17. 
and that carries on through verses 18 and 19. Quote, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. So the first of these two perfect tense participles is agricultural. Okay, that rooting of oneself into Christ, <clears throat> deeply anchored, <clears throat> excuse me, and deeply fed. The second participle is architectural, referring to being built on an utterly solid foundation, set on divine bedrock, being perfect tense. They, they express past complete action with present continuous results. You have been rooted, you have been founded, and you remain so in the present and on into the future. Paul continues with his second petition, <clears throat> that the newborn believing Gentiles would know the love of Christ by experience. And that the love of Christ would overtop their levies, would just, just leave them flooded exceed their experience of God of Christ's love and that the love of Christ would surpass their knowledge of his love it would be beyond them they feel so abundantly loved sandwiched between the rooting and grounding in love and the love that surpasses knowledge are the four magnitudes is how they're described okay you've got breadth length height and depth so any way you point it, you know, when it try, you describe the love of God, it just goes on and on and on. <clears throat> These are descriptive of the inconceivable, unreachable limits of, if you will, looking back, the riches of God's glory, and looking forward, all the incomprehensible vastness of God's love. Frederick Lehman um, wrote about 1850, maybe 170 years ago, he, he drew on some former poets and put together a hymn called The Love of God. The last verse goes, Could we with ink the ocean fill and with the skies of parchment, and were the skies of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole though stretched from sky to sky. In the decades of bloody turbulence between Scott Protestants and English Catholic monarchs in the 1600s, Samuel Rutherford, who was a Scott scholar and preacher and a partner in ministry and politics with a bunch of my own ancestors of the same time period in Scotland, he got himself arrested and imprisoned. And while alone in his cell in Aberdeen, he wrote these things. Quote, love, love, I mean Christ's love, is the hottest coal that ever I felt. Oh, but the smoke of it be hot. Cast all the salt sea on it, it will flame. Hell cannot quench it. Many, many waters will not quench love. The third petition of Paul is found 
in the last of verse 19, that, quote, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now, how does that filling work? It is a choice by faith, one at a time, one sip at a time, one drenching of the fullness of God at a time. We want it to be done easy and fast, but the track is one that lasts a lifetime. Drawing on him, being filled with him, expressing him through the fruit of the Holy Spirit. When you awake, ask the Lord for more filling that day. When you lay your head down, ask him and thank him for holy engineering more fullness in you with the expectation for tomorrow. Paul has poured out an amazing flow of theology, strength, love, and fullness. Now he makes the necessary leap from theology to doxology, from doctrine to high praise. Verses 20 to 21, finish chapter 3. Quote, Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, beyond all we ask or imagine, based on the power of God at work down within us, the power that is putting forth energy within us, to him is to be all the glory. Here, scholars run out of words, drop to their knees, give mighty praise and thanks, and so should we. Let's pray. Lord God, you are able to do beyond all things we can ask or imagine. With, and with Paul, we ask for glory in your church and the outward expression of glory of your Son, our Lord Jesus. That blazing glory of Christ by Holy Spirit is desperately needed in our nation, in our state, in our county, in our city, in our markets, in our school districts, in our homes. Come, Lord Jesus, blaze in our midst, loose revival in Forge Church, and awaken the lost. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. I at the, at the